Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for Mistaken for Strangers. So how famous do you think you are? That's okay. I how fast can you play? What kind of drugs and how many drugs have you done? Do you carry wallets on a stage with you? Your ID while you're when you're playing? Actually, I do. Yeah. That's just weird to me. Doesn't leave a lot to the imagination, but we can always blur it out. Don't worry about that. I just want to have fun on tour. I mean, I'm with a rock band. You just need to be careful about not partying and. You know, you're, you're, you're not a band member, you're, you're a crew member. Might want to make this a hard alcohol night. Uh, uh, have you fallen down in a, in a bodega, knocked over the, ch the, the, the chips rack? <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. Please welcome this evening's guest moderator from Billboard and Rollingstone.com, Mike Ayers, and tonight's guests, Tom Berninger and Matt Berninger. Hi, hi, welcome, welcome. Um, this is Tom, Matt from the, from the National. Um, thanks for coming out. I don't know if anybody has seen the film yet. It's out today on Video On Demand, iTunes, and in theaters. It's called Mistaken for Strangers, and it's really great. It's a really, really wonderful film. And it's, it's nothing like any sort of band film you've, you've really ever seen. I, I fell in love with it within the first 10 minutes of watching it and was really enthralled. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, the film, besides me loving it, the film also has been getting really great reviews. Um, but you all lived it. When you, what goes through your mind when you watch back on it now? Um, well, I, I, honestly, I can't believe it's actually coming out today. Um, personally, I, I, I never thought uh, the band would let me uh, release it. Um, Neither did we. And uh, no, it's. Uh, I look back on it with some fond memories and some painful memories. Um, not everything was very much fun, and it was. There's some stuff in it that's pretty embarrassing. But um, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> Great endorsement. <laughs> You'll be glad it's over. The whole no, the, the whole tour. I love the yeah. movie. <laughs> okay, Matt. What about you? Um, I, I I'm really happy with the thing. I, I'm really proud of Tom and and uh, and um, yeah. I mean, it was it was not a movie that we we thought there would be a, a movie like this about our band, and um, and it's uh, it's not exactly about our band, which I think is everybody in the band is kind of happy about that. Um, I mean, not directly, but indirectly, I think it's it's the right movie for us, and I, I think it's 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 it turned into something more interesting than a than a band movie, and uh, for that that's that was um, I think that's kind of what if there was going to be something we wanted it to be something like that, and so we were worried about what Tom was doing, um, especially after we knew all the weird all the stuff that he was around for and just the unflattering stuff. Um, but when the movie started to become, we heard that he, it was Tom was becoming more the the, the central part of the movie. I think that's when we then we realized that the, it was going to be more interesting. So yeah, I mean, it seems like the camera is on all the time. How much footage did you collect through those? Wait, you were on what eight months? Eight months tour? Yeah. Uh, well, I, until I was fired. Yeah, I was on. I was on for right. eight months. Eight, around eight and a half months. 
And um, I collected like in almost close to 200 hours of footage, like 50 hours of that, which simply just, uh, uh, you know, concert footage. But, um, you know, one of the reasons why I was angry for getting fired, other than the fact that, you know, I don't, didn't have a job again, uh, that, you know, I had to face all this footage, all this, this nightmare of footage of, of this, the band, and I had no real story. I had no real, uh, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. So I was frightened. I was scared. I was actually, I was even scared to, to look at whatever I had, you know. I mean, I, I believe the original intention was he was going to come on tour, help out with roadie duties, assistant, assistant tour manager, and then, um, you know, bring the camera along and maybe shoot some footage for the web, the Nationals website, maybe a, a, little, a little web short if it worked out. I mean, you know, I, they got 200 hours. You don't need 200 hours, obviously, for a web short for the Nationals website. Um, but, you know, in the end, it kind of was a nice little accident that he was always kind of obsessively filming and some of the parts are really uncomfortable to watch and he has the camera on and it's as a viewer as a fan as just someone interested in human beings it's it's great well i'm are you talk what what's uncomfortable the the nudes and the naked drummer uh naked drummers you know sometimes are uncomfortable but no nah, there's a <laughs> scene where uh matt comes off stage and he's very upset with the band's performance and Tom is filming him about some things and asking him some things and Matt doesn't want to he's just really it's his job his job is to make us you know and you know just fall in love with his music on stage and he didn't feel like he did a good job and you know it happens a lot but but it was that was just one of the uncomfortable scenes but I'm just like don't stop rolling but he's like stop rolling the camera well you know I, I I felt like in a weird way that like I wanted to use their fame for, to to boost my reel, and um, and but I was certainly not you know um, the problem was there there's I wasn't the documentarian to make a proper rock doc about about the national there's, I'm not even a real fan of the band and and that's, but it's true I mean but I in some way that's that that created the the best story you know I I really didn't you know I I didn't I didn't really feel like any other music was too precious to to make fun of or the band was too precious to make fun of and also and i knew that I really I, I i i first for a long time i thought i couldn't get fired because i was a brother of the lead singer and i thought i was kind of i, I had like a touchable yeah i was untouchable slightly and i think i got away with that for eight months but then then i eventually did get fired and i realized you're you also agreed with the firing yeah you had to get fired uh, he was a terrible roadie. Um, he was a, um, he was he was hired as assistant tour manager, and that's a really really hard job. And he was not very good at that. You weren't. No, you weren't. You're. T- um, uh, but uh, but he but it was but he had all this footage that he that that he was also collecting while he was neglecting that job, um, which I was I encouraged him to bring the camera. But um, yes, I'm I'm actually really happy that. And I think you should be happy that you got fired because then you're able to go and do some soul searching and then and and figure out this 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 weird movies which yeah so I think it worked out good for you don't you it it yes it did but it still hurts when you get fired it always you still hurts. take it personally of course well let's uh, look at a clip real quick that kind of outlines what the duties are for an assistant tour manager and it gives you a little flavor of the way Tom approached his. Uh, 
his job. Like basically, I have your job description right here. You've seen the writer, right? Uh huh. So the no, right? No, oh. I haven't actually. Okay. Um, I thought I emailed it to you, but regardless. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Maybe I did see that. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's basically just a list of food. Okay. Right? I just want you to make sure that it's that it's all there. Okay. okay. I'd like to say it's simple, but it's not. I mean, is there anything that like in particular, for, like Bryce and Aaron? Like, well, you know them well enough to figure that out. Yeah. Okay. You know, just moving down the list, as far as the show time is concerned, you need to assemble the band five minutes before the show. So you need to make sure that everybody's gone to the bathroom. You know, Brian's usually in the bathroom for, like, forever. And then during the show, you, I, I just want you to stay on radio communication, okay? So I just want you to, like, make sure that you're available in the event that something horribly wrong goes bad. I don't why do why I'm saying that is because, you know, you're here because we need someone to do this stuff. Right. And... You know, you just need to be careful about not partying, and you know, you're 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 not a band member, you're you're a crew member, and, right? You know, like this shit has to get done. I was thinking, you know, Leonard Skinner when he died. Oh, I don't know the guy named Leonard Leonard. It's himself, but they had his brother take over the band. So this could be a anytime he died. So me, I don't want to do that. He's my He's my Seriously, man. Talk about riding his coattails. This literally right now. I'm riding about eight coattails. Two minutes, everyone. I do mean that, though. When you do die, it's me. Good luck. Yeah. It's just kind of. That's basically how we know when 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 when. When Bon Scott died in, in you know in ACDC, the ACDC totally changed gears when Brian Johnson came on board. So um, I have no plans to do that. Basically, Natural is going to be in the lyrics of fast cars and fast women. Uh, less death talk. Um, okay. <laughs> what kind of becomes apparent, sort really early on in the film, and you kind of got a hint at it there. You kind of start falling in, in love with this guy um, and you know going into it you think you're watching you know a, a film about the national and suddenly it becomes a film all about Tom and uh, and he, I don't know he becomes this he, it's a very humanizing portrait of a person who is thrown into a job that he might not know how to do which a lot of us probably have experience doing this one just happens to be in Europe with a very large uh, rock band. And uh, I don't know, you, I, for me, I really started to relate immediately to him. Um, I don't know, uh, it, it, the, the film also becomes really, as you can probably tell, a lot about their relationship, their, their relationship. I don't know, what do you guys think about um, you know, your relationship through this period, that experience? Well, I mean, for me, like, I was, he took me on tour when I was in between jobs, yeah, and I was uh, living at home, um, and uh, and through this movie, and I think, um, 
I think a lot of my friends gave me encouragement to put a lot of the embarrassing stuff, you know, because I, I was having a hard time. I was in my late 20s, and I had still just, I was going through, I, I, I just, I, I don't know, I wasn't satisfied with how I was feeling about myself, and, and I suffered from depression, but I think everybody suffers from depression um, in some way. Um, but, you know, I... I um, I felt creatively lost. I felt, I just felt that uh, I, I, I kept comparing myself to others at this time. I was comparing myself to my brother. Not in a jealous way, but just constantly thinking that it seemed like my brother made all the right decisions in life and I made, and I've been making kind of the wrong decisions in life. And he went down, and he took the road, he took, he took the, you know, I, I somewhere I, I veered off the highway, you know, and, and I got stuck in some, some awful town. And I don't know if that makes much sense, but you know, I mean, I was lost, and was, I think there's a lot of people in the late 20s, early 30s that are lost. And um, slowly, that the movie, you know, became more about me trying, you know, just trying to find a voice, trying to find uh, happiness, and being okay with who I am. You know, I stopped, I just stopped trying to be somebody I'm not. I, I mean, I, I think the whole thing. Um you know, I, I I wanted him to come because mostly because I missed him because I went off to college when he was a little kid and and I'm nine years old, older and um, I also wanted to, to, him to see Europe. I wanted him to get out of this rut that I could tell that he was in, um, and mostly it was just to spend time together. But then the, then the, the 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 troubles that happened on tour with 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 his job and then the, the, you know what kind of started out is is another like a, a failure a little bit um i i i i i think t you know when things went badly there and then he had to go I, I invited him to live move in to 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 my house in brooklyn with my wife and daughter and i so he could make something out of the, all this 200 hours of footage that he'd collected um and most of it was unusable and not good you know documentary footage but somehow because of that he was able to sort of look at himself not, and not totally unusable no no some of it was good um but then so he stitched together a different story a very different story than 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 he planned to do and then and much very different than we expected and it turned into something like i said much more interesting and um i, I think the point of the whole thing is like i think we we started figuring out he started figuring out that failure is a part of success you know you fail and fail and fail until until occasionally you don't fail and it's like a failure all you know all these these times you you, you don't succeed are, are in a weird way a step forwards nonetheless and i think and then also we also got to i started to understand him as a very different person than me and so i stopped trying to like try to make i stopped trying to make him more like me or you know he's he had a whole different a whole different approach to life and a whole different way that he saw the world and the universe and and himself and i think he I started just uh, um, appreciating him for for who he was instead of you know, and so our relationship. Well, you didn't evolve. We also had incredible fights too. Yeah, you, no. I mean, we, I, I, I guess you you started appreciating me, but like, I, it, it wasn't easy. It was a really hard movie to make, and um, it ended up being about, about family. And I think that sometimes with family, you're, you're meanest, you know, to each to the people that you are closest to, and because you care so much, and the, the stakes are, are just higher. And so a lot of that, 
especially when he moved in with us and trying to figure out this movie. And then my wife was helping him to edit, and it got really toxic at some times. But I think all, all that led to a, a, a pretty good good portrait of what it's like just to just to be in the world and full of insecurities and just trying to find your footing and in, in, you know in conflict with, in family and stuff so I, I also just started freaking out because um, I just knew that I was blowing a huge opportunity to to make something interesting or make something that people might watch like at least fans of the band would watch and I, I was uh, I didn't have anything and I just knew uh, that what I was, I mean, I was kind of going through this weird crisis and um, with finishing this movie, and that's why I kept the camera rolling. And, um, you know, and there, you know, I, sh I shot everything of me just crying and, you know, because I thought this is part of the movie. And, and there's guess, only a little bit of crying in the movie. But, like, nice. you know, cool, you know quote unquote depressing. good movies. Good movies like have crying and you know and like so like here sure I'm, they know. do <laughs> so I'm gonna I, I like I felt like I was gonna cry and so I filmed it and um, that became the movie itself in the, in a little bit yeah I mean one of the questions and Tom raised it uh, a few moments ago that you know we all probably have people around us that are just doing better than us for one one reason or the other and Tom is he's questions that during the film and uh, you know what did Matt do to become this musician that thousands and thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of people are showing up to and screaming their love for. And, uh, you know, what did I do that led to something different? And, it, and is that something I really want? Um, I found that part of this film very, very fascinating and also very relatable as well. Um, and we can kind of get into that in this next clip, especially what they were just talking about. Have you done the uh, towels? Yes, I got all those ready for Wine you. bucket? Yep. Water bottles? Yep. Everything's cool? Everything's cool. Brandy for Tom. I need towels and water bottles. Tom, I thought you did this. Brandon's yelled at me earlier. I know, he, I know he's got to be stressed. Why did he yell at you? For doing this, for just for just filming. I feel like I feel like the only reason why he thinks I'm on tour is because I'm your brother. Here, here's the truth. The only reason you are here is because you're my brother. That's not true. That is Our, true, but it's like you wouldn't. There's be other here. reasons why I'm here too. My point. The only you wouldn't be here if you weren't my brother. But we need you here, and I'm glad you're here. And, I'm, and uh, 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 you just have to make sure that you're that all the all that other stuff taken care of. Be like the new guy who doesn't really know what he's doing. Be perfectly honest. I know what I'm, I'm just, uh, why, why are you taking his side over mine? I'm not taking sides, Tom. This whole thing is, it's weird that I'm even like here. I don't even know what I'm doing here. I didn't know you were gonna show all that crying stuff. I hate I hate watching myself. 
all good movies have crying. I know, but like I didn't know I was gonna be, I was gonna be right next to it. You're yeah, making right everybody else it. watch it. <laughs> you should be you should be able to watch it. Um, I have one more thought, and then we'll open it up to the the floor. Uh, you do get a lot of great footage of the band. If you do like this band, you will get a nice insight into how they operate. Um, what it's like to be a touring band and right now how hard you have to work. They're easily one of the hardest working bands out there right now. There's a reason why people keep coming, buying their records. They, they're, they're, they're really great live. Um, and uh, I was speaking to him a few weeks ago for an article I was writing and I was asking about new, new material. Do they have any new material? Because um, I would like new material. And they, uh, Matt said, well, no, that's not how we operate. Right now, we're really, really focused on our live show. And that is what is so important to us. Um, so, Matt, I was just wanting to w wonder why the, the live shows become so important over the years to, to, to the band. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's how we found an audience. I mean, we... we we didn't have any radio. We never really had any radio songs. Uh, we never got any like profiles in magazines. Uh, you know, for the first the first eight years of our career, or whatever. And so the the way we the way we found an audience is we just we just gigged a lot. We would do toured a lot and played for empty places for many many years. And that's what people that, that people started talking about us. Um, you know, to their friends and bringing their friends to shows. And so we know that that's. That's how we got where we are after we've been a band for 15 years now. And so now there's like, like uh, so many people are coming to see us. We don't take it for granted. We know that people are paying 50 bucks per ticket. And, and a lot of times people, you know, kids who, who save up and only go to see one or two shows, rock shows a year and they're picking us. And like if we don't deliver, um, we feel terrible. And, and we should. I mean, it's like we're... Um, and so... The, yeah, for, 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 for getting up there and, and leaving it all on the stage and m doing a great show is 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 really important. We never we never phone it in. But but that being said, sometimes shows just go really badly and you can't connect. And and so a lot of that happened on this tour. You know, Tom was there for some of the worst nights, and he he thought those shows were were the most fun when 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 everything would go bad. Well, um, I, I mean, quite honestly, that that was, you know. I learned, I, I, you know, I, I saw my, if, if there's anything that I got from my brother watching him do what he does every single night is that, um, even for, he, he, they, they would have good shows and bad shows and the bad shows are the most interesting for me to see because not only did that, it was kind of fun to revel in, in, in their, in their public misery for me, but also, but also the fact that they, the next day they have to do it all over again. That's in... And the, and they have to they have to have, they have to like act like that that never happened, and then they have to act like rock stars again, and um, and that's really hard. I mean, there are some embarrassing, really embarrassing. I, I thought for you, very embarrassing moments. <laughs> I mean, and I didn't think it was that bad. Well, I was to but also, and as you said, like the the my brother and the band, even though I don't listen to them, their career have have been inspirational for me for, for the fact that. They've worked so hard to get where they are, and it never happened overnight. And when things were looking really bad for me in this movie, like the whole movie itself was looking very bad, um, I just kept working on it, and, and kind of his encouragement just 
kept working on it and working on it and working on it and finding the story and figuring it out and um and 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 really that's you know like they they became who they are is because they just never gave up all right let's uh open up for questions where's the movie showing in new york the ifc, IFC. Yeah, I might have missed that. Sorry if I didn't. No, 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 no. IFC tonight. It's in 15 cities, but it's on on iTunes and demand starting today. Um, and yeah, um, it's in Chicago. There's a, the 15. It's on the website. Um, but yeah, we didn't expect it to actually be a theatrical release, but we got really lucky. So, yeah. Why not record albums and then perform them live? That way, so at least you can get a recorded version and then also record your live performances as well and release them since you feel that those are probably your best presentations of your, That's a good of your point. band. That's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, I think actually the Fugazi would do that. The band Fugazi, they would tour and tour and tour and then they would release a record after their tour. Um, and maybe we should, but... Uh, um, I mean, it's true. It's 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 we, we we writing a record for us is a very different thing than performing it live. Like we we write records and we write songs and we're like in our bedrooms and we're in this in this weird headspace, a very private headspace. And then going on tour is a is a whole different thing where where uh, taking these things that were these kind of intimate, uh, you know, sort of sort of uh, introspective uh, things of the songwriting process and then putting them on stage as a big performance in a show, it, the songs change and evolve and become something very different. And um, yeah, I think, I think I mean, we're putting out like a live record would be a very different kind of kind of record. We haven't done it yet, um, um, mostly just because, uh, yeah, we just haven't figured out how to do it right yet. Right. Well, with a, I understand the process of developing a song. It changes through time as your band gets used to playing their parts, and it, yeah. every night might be a little bit different. But with a live performance at, let's say, a year's tour, you guys have got it beyond tight now. Yeah. And, you know, maybe record just the live performance on the last few... Record all yeah, the last no. five shows, and then no, just pick the song idea. from the best That's, of those performances. I think the biggest reason was when we're done with a tour... Uh, we all sort of hate each other in, in, in very natural ways, and nothing, nothing too bad. But like, the, like, uh, the, 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 yeah, and, and that happens in this movie a lot. You see, by the end, we're just, we're, 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 we're beat, and and um, and we all just kind of disappear and go off into our corners until, until where we start to the new songs and new ideas start to percolate. But uh, no, it's a weird, it's a weird process of of a, of a studio and recording, and we're trying to write songs, and then you go. And then you go out on the road, and it's just, it's a really strange. Maybe it is backwards. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Fugazi did it the other way, um, and and maybe we'll try that this time. Uh, I don't know, but um, good question. Sorry. Hi, Tom. Hi. So, question: At what point during the tour did you finally figure out that hey, I want to make this into a movie? And what were your challenges actually getting the resources together? To actually make that happen, like, were there, was there anything that was just like, oh my god, how am I going to figure this part out? What was that challenge? You know, well, the movie definitely came together in the editing room, but I think, I mean, I figured out it was going to be a real movie in the in the editing room. But I think on when he says editing room, he's talking about my my daughter's room my daughter. when he lived. At <laughs> yes, just watch the movie. <laughs> uh, no, but I think there was a moment on tour when I I filmed the guys on the band bus, and they're all sleeping. 
And I, because um, if you're if you're ever lucky enough to get on a band bus, the bunks where they sleep look like little coffins. They're all very like they have little curtains and and it's all like mahogany wood. You know, it looks like it's like a coffin. And I thought that looked cool. And I like because I like horror movies and like heavy metal and and I kind of and I thought like I kind of wanted in a way to have them all sleeping like they're dead, and I wanted to kind of in a way kill my kill the band off, um, if I could, um, in kind of visually, and and so I and at that point in time I kind of thought this is like I've never seen a shot like this before like celebrities or even like rock stars like like Bono and not that not that my brother's Bono, but. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'd never seen like they, they sleep, know that Tom. You know, I know, but like the sleeping, like in a very natural, like drooling or whatever. And I wanted to find that. I wanted to capture that. And I and I knew once I did that, I knew that I have I might have something cool in there. I don't I don't know how I would use it, but I knew that only I, as a brother of the band, could actually capture something like that. As far as technically putting it together, it was like really, really, really hard. And I knew it was gonna be hard. Because it was only I only had one camera. There was like no, there was no second camera that I can cut to, like a reaction, you know, or another person like looking, you know. It was, and so this movie is very, very lo-fi, which is incredible. And I feel so, I just feel great that people don't really care about that, because I do in a way. I mean, I'm not a cinematographer, and it's so it's just a very lo-fi movie, and and the fact that people are still responding so well to it, you know, because a lot of people don't. Don't like black and white movies. Don't like you know if it looks like shot on a video camera, they just like kind of toss it away. Um, but so it was technically really hard because I had to like make it move and make it snappy, and I had help. I mean, I had help from his wife Corinne Besser, who was a fiction editor at the New Yorker. She sat behind me, and we created a lot of little scenes. And we in the movie you see a big a big wall of ideas, like post-it notes ideas, and really we we cut this thing for almost. Almost a year and a half, two years, because just it was only me uh, for most of that, and it was just really, really difficult to find the the, the footage that works. And to be qu- brutally honest, we took so many things out of context to make a, a good movie, um, and that's how a lot of docs are made. I mean, even we knew we weren't making a social doc documentary. You know, we weren't like making a movie about Iraq or something like that. So we can we have a little we. We're a little looser with uh with um the comedy, I guess. So, but we I mean we we cut on well final cut final cut seven because I, I that's what I started on, um, four years ago, uh and so but it was technically really really hard, but um, uh somehow we got it we got it to work, you know, is that what you were kind of saying? Yeah. Hi guys, um I, I've got a two part question if it, if you don't mind. Um, first of all is Matt, in regards to when that tour ended, who instigated the production itself? Like when you got home from the tour, was Tom, were you already diving headfirst into the, into the film and the editing or was Matt kind of like, you got some stuff here, you let's moved get this in, done? You moved in after you got fired and I well, was still touring. I, I shot a little bit of our parents. Oh, yeah, I, I asked my mom and dad a lot of questions about me and Matt and put them on right on the spot because I, I wanted to get down and like, we're nine right. years different, so I, I was not planned, basically. And uh, even surprise. But, uh, but after that, I kind of, yeah, I got started. And it just took forever. I mean, I didn't really take very good logging notes. And, um, and I just had a mountain of footage. And 
trying to find the story in there it was very very difficult um, weird way is probably, the movie is kind of a lesson in how not to make a movie um, but uh, but but uh, I think the main thing is that there's just like persistence and patience and and you I mean he almost you almost gave up many times and like just said like you you were just you didn't have anything you didn't think it was going to come together um, and, and and everybody does I think like we we've, we've been that way a million times with our band thinking it's not, it's not going to work or uh, I I think what happened though is like is is you just you just would you know you walk away from it then you would come back and it did took it took a year and a half for there was a for we, them to we had a motto we had a motto in the in in the editing room my your daughter's playroom um, but we it's like it was um, we say everything is bad until it's good um, and every and it really is everything is bad until it's good and then you know it could take a year. And then we, and then finally, honestly, then at the end of the year, that year, it took six more months. Well, it, it, then we finally got like this idea that's this kind of arc, and like this could be an interesting movie. It's okay. It's like it's nowhere near polished or nowhere near watchable, but I, we have something here, you know. But it was for a year. It was just simply taking. This is remember like this time me running down a hall. Like why don't we take this, put this here, you know? And we kind of put it together like a puzzle. And with any documentary filmmaking, it's rewrite, you write the script kind of afterwards, you know, you know, and, you know, this was just a fly in the wall, you know, you know, band documentary, and we kind of write the script afterwards. Um, and the movie wasn't finished. I was, I, I was going through a really tough time because I didn't think, I thought I was blowing my opportunity. I really wanted, this is, I was 31 years old, and like, and like I just had to make, I had to make something, and I had to, I had to just go put all the cards on the table. I don't know what you, what kind of analogy I'm trying to think, but like, you know, just, I. just, I just have to, had to roll the dice, you know, and, uh, and eventually after a lot of hard work, eventually after a while, that piece of crap that I had, you know, started to turn and had a little bit of structure. And then we just took forever and a long time just working every single day to make it a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. That's awesome. So, the the second part was then direct directly at you, Tom. Is uh, the film itself last year travelled around a bit on the film festival circuit. I I work down in Australia at the Sydney Film Festival and the Brisbane Film Festival, both of which the the film played at um, last year. You, Matt's obviously used to uh, touring, but have you been, have you been touring around? Because I know it did a lot of the uh, cities here in in America. And yeah, have I, you been touring a bit. That's exactly what I've been doing for the past year. I've it's been awesome. I, I am really lucky. I was his assistant tour manager, and I got, <laughs> I got fired because <laughs> I was drinking too much the whole time. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yelling the, at me. That's the sequel. So I want to know why did you guys pick this song "Mistaken for a Stranger" to be the title of the documentary? Why, why did that that name be the name of the documentary? Yeah. The, the truth is, up until the very end, we you didn't have a name, and it was it was it was it was honestly the the, the night before the press release about about it being in Tribeca and, and opening the Tribeca Film Festival went out. In Tribeca, they were like, listen, we're, at that point we were calling it for the, you, the for those about to weep. Yeah, and there it was, was a play on the ACDC album for those about to rock. But since I'm doing it with the national, I added, instead of rock, weep. And I had a, another sound. name was uh, Summer Love and Torture Party. Yeah. Which is another lyric. But uh, it was actually a friend of ours 
who just said to us at the last minute, "Like, well, like, why don't you? I didn't. Well, why don't you just call it Mistaken for Strangers? Because that's one of our songs, and it just it turned out it's, it's a really fitting title. So the title was the very last thing that that the very last piece of the puzzle that that fell into place for him. So, so thank you, our friend Willing, who who gave us that title. But hi, Tom. Hi, Matt. How's it going? Thanks. Yeah, how's it going? Um, I saw the movie last year in D.C. It was great. Um, well, I was there. Yeah, yeah, I remember that actually. It was cool. Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to stay at the Smithsonian. Smithsonian. I, w- I wish it Hopefully. did. It was a good, lovely movie. Great. Um, Part of their archives. How was it to meet the president? That was, well, Tom didn't get to meet him, um, which you see in the movie. You see Tom very disappointed. Tom thought he didn't get to meet the president because. Uh, because like 15 years ago he had got a DUI when he was in college and he thought that the, that the, that the, the General Security Council saw that and, and barred him from meeting the president. That's not the case, Tom. Um, and, but anyways, um, yeah, we, we, we've, we've been super lucky to, 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 um, to, to be involved. Uh, in 2008, we, we were big uh, Obama supporters and, and did some stuff, and they used some of our music and some of their campaigns things, and that led us to eventually meet the president. And um, uh, it was amazing. I called him Mr. President. I was so nervous. And um, yeah, but um, yeah, and a lot of that ends up in the movie. So um, um, it, yeah, it's, it was a, it's, we had a really weird, strange couple of years and very lucky years as a band that we've been able to do the, all these amazing um, things. You met the president twice. Now. I know. I'll get you there one of these days. Yeah. Uh, but um, but um, yeah. I mean, it, it's we, it's we, our band has been lucky, and 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 recently we just got to do. Uh, you know, we, we met Werner Herzog, and he ends up in the movie in a funny way, and all this kind of stuff, and. Um, um, so yeah, I mean the side the side effects of ha- having a band have been uh, like these great crazy dreams come true and stuff and um, and yeah now but now Tom is meeting all these people. Tom met met like you know Liza Minnelli because of his movie and and Robert De Niro and all these people. And who's who else have you met recently? I met uh, all, you know I met, I met uh, Paul Verhoeven. From uh, you did? Tribeca, he's my idol, and I got to meet him. That's all I really care about. Is uh, <laughs> the director of Robo, the original RoboCop. So, anyway, thank you guys so much. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.